0: We're here in beautiful Queenstown, Tim Costello, you've been sharing with us here at the 100x Mavericks Convention, already know so many people that have been so impacted by what you've shared and the stories you've told, and we're just really looking forward to, I guess, chatting with you further in this uh, podcast in terms of what does faith mean for you, how, how it's shaped your life, so we're looking forward to that. Tea over yeah. here, yeah, thank, you. Yeah. thank you. Yeah. you. So, Tim, just tell us a little bit, Thanks. Um, just for those of us, in terms of what you're doing now, you're the previous CEO of World Vision, you're now That's a right. chief advocate, Yep. and so tell us a little bit about what that involves and what, what you're doing
1: there. Yeah, so my life journey was uh, a lawyer, a Baptist minister, a mayor of a city, wow. St Kilda, um, setting up a domestic charity that worked with drug addicts and wow. sex workers, and then... Wow. Going to be CEO of World Vision for 13 years, which um, really was a global Mm -hmm. vision and uh, a global heart to Mm -hmm. say, let my heart be broken by the things that break the heart of God. And then after uh, 13 years of that, um, stepping back Mm -hmm. and saying my heart's still for global challenges and poverty. But can I do that without having to manage 500 staff and a big budget? And so chief advocate really is the uh, term to allow me to stay, (laughs) to have, in my view, the fun part of the job, not the slog, (laughs) Uh, to be there with people in their distress and give them hope, Uh, to be representing the organization in faith, in fundraising, in advocacy, mm. so mm. that's what I do now.
0: Mm. And faith has shaped so much of oh, of who you are. I want to unpack that a little bit. Sure. Um, and so there's, I think, you know, for a lot of our listeners, they're they're in they're in business, and and one thing that we want to chat about is that really the core motivations of faith um, that can sit within us and exist and be in common, whether we're working for. A not for profit life, world mm. vision, or, or a, or a for profit um, property development business. Yep. Can you, can you flesh out a little bit about faith and how it's motivated and shaped what you do?
1: Sure. So I uh, always feel <coughs> awkward about the term not for profit, as mm. if those who make profit are doing something mm. dirty, mm. unseemly, grubby, <laughs> and those who are doing it not for profit are pure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Look, the truth is that not-for-profits depend on for-profits being generous Mm. to actually uh, help them change the world. Mm. Um, And for-profits are often part of changing the world, creating the jobs, the hope, the employment. So this dividing line is always a bit strange. I prefer to call not-for-profits for-purpose organizations, Mm -hmm. and I think the best for-profits Are for purpose organizations. Mm, mm, mm. Both understand that it is a deeper purpose Mm. whether you're making a profit Mm -hmm. or you're saying we're just here uh, not to make a profit but to do good. Mm. Um, Look, to have a purpose organization requires faith. Mm -hmm. You can't ever prove a purpose. You can't put a purpose in a test tube and empirically look at its chemical properties mm. and say, there you go, scientifically mm. prove purpose. Mm, mm, mm. Purpose requires mm. faith. Mm-hmm. Um, in one of my books, Faith, I reflect on um, uh, Viktor Frankl, who was in Auschwitz. He, uh, as a Jewish uh, prisoner, said, in Auschwitz, the only question we had was, would we survive? Mm. Terrifying question. Mm. Mm. He said very few of us did. Mm. But those few of us who survived Auschwitz had a more terrifying question Mm. after Auschwitz. The question was, survived for what? Mm. What is our purpose? (coughs) What is our purpose Mm. having survived Auschwitz? Mm. I actually think every human faces that terrifying question. Wow. Yeah. Living yeah. for what? Yeah. Surviving for yeah. what? Yeah. I think yeah. only through faith can you answer that question. Wow. Uh, so that's why faith is so important to wow. me.
0: So talking about that book, um, part in your book, Faith, talking about those survivors out, which we, they, have to, they have to ask the same questions. It's terrifying, like why and purpose that we all have to ask, but they've got something more poignant that, that forces that question in a deeper manner, That almost that guilt that i got to survive, and, and, and so what is my purpose for? Do, do you think those of us that are, I guess, more comfortable are, are, are lulled into a deception that we don't need to ask that question or that we're distracted by other things? What would be your thoughts on that? Yeah, I do.
1: I, I think uh, sometimes we don't ask the question because Deep down we know it's terrifying, we don't really have a purpose, we don't have a faith, we can't answer it. I think a lot of the time our purpose is sort of given to us secondhand. Well, your purpose is to make money, your purpose is to have a good life, your purpose is to be happy. We know that people who say my purpose is to be happy and, and just pursue happiness are almost always not happy that it actually eludes them if that is the purpose, just to be happy. Mm. In my faith, Mm. Jesus said, he who loses his life will find it. Mm. He who dies Mm. to self will live Mm. to happiness and to God. Mm. Uh, There are these really interesting puzzles Mm. that say just being handed a purpose Mm. that's dominant in the culture a purpose in the culture is to always be a winner. The most shameful thing is to be a loser. Well, each day I'm both a winner and a loser. Sometimes I get that car park at the front of Woolworths. Most times I'm walking <laughs> Thank along. <laughs> Thank you, I'm a king's kid. <laughs> a lot of times I'm out the back. Um, the truth is that each day I know I'm a winner and a loser. This idea that the only purpose in life is to be a winner sets me up mm-hmm. for a fall, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. unreality. Mm-hmm. So faith says, mm-hmm. what's deeper about mm-hmm. purpose? Mm-hmm. What's truer about purpose? Mm-hmm. What is solid ground that mm-hmm. you plant your feet on mm-hmm. of, of purpose? What is that solid ground? Mm-hmm. That's why faith is so important.
0: Mm-hmm. And then you talk about, um, you know, for purpose and, and that the best businesses are, are, are for purpose. Um, I, I reflect on a time when I was at a, a Christian conference and uh, a person was being interviewed and, and um, in the interview they said, look, I was, I was running an accounting practice for X number of years and then one day I woke up and, you know, and he, he's, he's now doing, um, I guess, overseas aid work. And then he said, you know, and I, just, I decided I was going to do something purposeful f- with my life. And um, what it did for me then was made me question, could I not be purposeful in, in, in my business career? And, and looked at the audience of which the majority were business people. Um, and that, that sense that um, maybe a bit of second-class piece. And, and I joke around, I had a chip on my shoulder, I'm now far more balanced I a chip on both shoulders. <laughs> but what would you say to that business person who's, who's wanting that same heart of purpose and faith that you seek, yeah. but struggling to find that purpose as they work for a for-profit business, either running their own
1: business or working in a, in a corporation or someone else. What would you say to yeah. that person? Oh, I, I don't set up uh, uh, a schizophrenic world, that there is me doing aid and development which yeah. is for purpose, you making money which yeah. can't really be for purpose until you've made enough and you come and do what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's entirely false. Yeah. I think, deep down, the deep purpose of my Christian faith is mm-hmm. to say I am to be fully human, mm-hmm. to be what God mm-hmm. intended me to be mm-hmm. and I can stuff that up in not-for-profit as well as for-profit. Yes. I can yes. achieve that in for-profit as well as not-for-profit. Mm-hmm. This vision of what it means to be fully human mm-hmm. and for me that is Accepting that I am a complete mystery to myself. Why is there that part of me that is about appetite and achievement and pushing others down to get ahead, even predatory behaviour that's ungenerous, lacking in empathy? And Why is there that part of me that actually is like my soul that wants to soar with empathy and transform and, and reach people who I'm not responsible for with hope? I'm a mystery to myself. Mm, mm. Now, faith says to me Mm. that I am made Mm. with both of those natures Mm, mm. and that in Jesus, Mm. I am set free to be that truer, higher purpose. There'll always be the appetite part, Mm -hmm. the self-interest part. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in business and not for profit, the self-interest part is quite a motivator. Mm, mm. That's part of life. But it's, held in check. Mm. It's held in check by that Mm. soul, Mm. that higher part. Mm. Now that journey of being fully human Mm. happens whether you're in Mm. for profit or not for profit. Mm. That actually is the journey Mm. of faith. Mm. Uh, And whatever world you're in doesn't change that journey.
0: Mm. Mm. One of the quotes I've heard you say just last night at our Mavericks Convention is um, our place being where our happiness should intersect with the world's needs, and so there's this real strength-based view to that. Um, and how does that all reconcile? You know, because I think sometimes there might be a thought out there, whether it's uh, the 100x audience or otherwise, that we're doing good things when we're sacrificing for God, when we're when we're um, withholding back, when it's hard work, but that type of statement is like, a, you know, purposeful, God created you for a purpose, exact time and place, what mm. would you say to the type mm. of people that might find that hard to swallow in mm. terms of um, sacrificial living, yeah. how does that all fit with that statement?
1: Look, a lot of us live our lives, maybe we don't have choice, saying I'm doing something I hate in order for it to finish and then do something good mm. that's coming. I actually believe that a better way to approach life is to say I'm trying to answer the question where does my bliss, my happiness intersect with the world's need? Mm, mm. Uh, What is it that if I don't do it Mm. I'm going to be poorer and the world is going to be poorer? Mm. And I think as we bring those questions to bear on what might be pedestrian work that seems to be monotonous and we wish we would just end, so we could do something good, it reshapes that work. It's a different set of spectacles to look at that work. I think that's a faith perspective on life. Let me let you into a secret. In not for profit work, so many people say I'd love to be working for purpose, not for profit there's a lot of tedium, mm-hmm. there's a lot of boring work, there's a lot of unsatisfying yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. this idea that there's the world of darkness and the world of angels, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and I've you know, got to get out of that to really be living
0: that nonsense. Yeah, and I think that's a term we would say, like, if you want to know what greatness looks like, it's the consistency of turning up, it's taking that risk, yeah. it's that, Feeling in your stomach of have I done the right thing? I think that's helpful. Um, do you, how do you see, I guess, business in, in um, meshing with uh, organisations like World Vision and, and others? Do, do you like a, a great opportunity? Is, is what it seems to me from from my perspective? Do you do you see that happening today? Mm. Can you just tell us a little bit about that in terms of um, obviously travel the globe, mm. looking at lots of things? What what are you seeing at the mm.
1: moment? Look, the uh, truth is that World Vision is in business. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when we have a turnover of $3 billion, mm-hmm. when we have nearly a um, $1 billion of microfinance loans, mainly to women mm-hmm. for startup businesses, mm-hmm. women who are brilliant entrepreneurs but mm-hmm. have no access to capital, we are wow. in business. Yeah. Um, So when business, whether it's lending us for our microfinance portfolio, Mm. whether it's funding Mm. chambers of commerce, wherever we go, we try and form from Africa to Asia Mm. little chambers of commerce Mm. that actually mentor Mm. people in business Mm. because business taking Mm. off Mm. is the best hope for a nation. It's the key to Mm. development. So for World Vision, we've always believed that... uh, trade is as important as aid. Mm. that business is as important as any handout. Mm. Mm. Our model, yeah. very simply is a hand up, not a handout. Mm. We will stay maximum of 15 years in a community and mm. say, you know we're leaving. You know the money's stopping. You know we're not creating <coughs> yeah. welfare dependency here. Yeah. We are lifting you to sustainability, mm. setting up businesses. Mm making sure you've got clean water and education, but we're going. Mm, mm. And then it's really saying to them, you need the skills also if the health centre we've built is going to run to make sure your government is funding mm. the medicines. Mm, mm. Put the acid back on them because we're leaving. Mm. We can't pay for all the medicines. Mm. This is a hand up, mm. not a handout. Mm. And a good business thinks in those terms. Yeah. It thinks in sustainability.
0: Mm. And then I think that's... Um such a piece is that word of sustainability, the, that piece where the sign of a maturing market There's fewer and larger players. Um, and it's, it's the large players that can have those relationships and conversations with government. And you're seeing more and more of those um, cooperative efforts between for-purpose government and business, trade and aid, coming together and creating high levels of efficiency. Do you want to provide a comment on that? that? Perhaps that we're moving You know, the the real change is being made. There are Mm. less people in poverty. Mm. Like the work Mm. that's, there's significant work ahead, but the work's being done has brought about a lasting impact. That over time there'll be hopefully less disaster relief and more building upon sustainable projects. Can you talk to us a little bit about the relationships with government, aid, trade, for purpose?
1: Yeah. So when I started at World Vision now, 14 years ago, 30,000 children under the age of five died every day from stupid poverty. Dirty water, Mm -hmm. malaria, we know how to protect from malaria, Uh, pneumococcal disease or um, not getting enough calories to get through the day. 30,000 kids under five died from stupid poverty. Mm -hmm. Wow. Today, less than 14,000 kids under the age of five will die. Wow. When people say we're not making progress and lifting people out of poverty, that's ignorance. Mm. We are. Mm-hmm. And it's been the generosity to organisations like World Vision, the largest development mm. uh, agency in the world. Mm. It has been trade policies. It has been determination to say mm-hmm. poverty's not natural, mm. it's created. Mm-hmm. And therefore we can uncreate it. Yep. Awesome. We can spark hope mm-hmm. and businesses. Mm-hmm. Now. Of course there are challenges in our world. At the moment we're sort of turning inwards. We're saying let's make America great again and Russia great again and Turkey great again. I was at the G20 in Hamburg. Um, It struck me that no German leader would ever say let's make Germany great again. They all know they'd be hearing Adolf Hitler's voice. (laughs) We actually do need to keep nationalism in check. And we need, as Christians, to mm. say mm. Christian faith was the first real global yeah. gospel. It yeah. said everyone is made in the image of God. Mm. Disabled, slave, mm. woman, mm. they are loved by God. It's mm. why I'm very proud to work for what's the biggest development agency in the world that's Christian. Mm. That says we will challenge mm. that tribalism that says others are inferior. Mm. Um, I think personally the most important verse... In the writings of the Apostle Paul is for all have fallen short of the glory of God there's no superiority inferiority we have all failed we're all in need of grace and in this world to actually see people lifted out of poverty through business cooperating with us and with government is really good news
0: you talk about um, faith and World Vision being a Christian organization Personally for you, what, what role does, uh, you know, you talked a bit about faith, but what role does the, the Bible play in shaping your view and, and life?
1: Well, for me, the Bible story makes absolute sense of what's going on in the world. So the Bible story is really three steps. It's mm-hmm. God created a beautiful world mm-hmm. and declared a good creation's good. Mm-hmm. That something which we call sin spoiled this world and cruelty, (coughs) violence, greed entered into Mm. this world. I see that Mm. in World Vision work with Mm. oppression of people, Mm. uh, children who die Mm. from stupid poverty. Mm. The third part of the story is into this world of brokenness, beauty and brokenness, Mm. God has acted. Mm. He's acted in his own son, the person of Jesus. Who reminds us that even our enemies carry the image of God. Mm. And Jesus said, wow. love your enemy. I mean, I mm. Jesus yeah. would have been more practical if he just said, avoid your enemy, <laughs> or maybe tolerate your He said, love your enemy. Even my enemy wow. carries the image of God, Jesus wow. believed. Wow. Even my enemy. Mm. So it's a picture of a broken world, a beautiful broken world, that mm. can be mm. redeemed, mm. rebuilt. Mm. That's... At the heart of everything World Vision does, mm. we believe that—that mm. that story is what we live out of.
0: Wow, and that's why you, I say you know there's this piece in terms of common humanity. We've all fallen short. We all need redemption. And and does that help you? By the sounds of it, keep in terms of a check to say we're not here about politics or side, but we're for people and for redemption of all people. Would that be?
1: Absolutely. Um, And we forget that this God who created the world hasn't given up on anyone in this world. That his son died for all of us, for all of us. This is how big the good news is. Uh, We narrow it down, dumb it down, Mm. put it into small box categories, Mm. but this Mm. is a big, Mm. this is a world vision.
0: Mm. I'm sure there's been some times you've seen um, some situations that have seemed hopeless Mm. to you and, and overwhelming and a sense of not knowing where to start. And I think um, that that would actually be relevant for a lot of our listeners and viewers, that they could be in a, uh, a business. And what's going around them can feel overwhelming. <coughs> what would you say to that person um, or people that are, that are facing what they seem to be insurmountable challenges? And, yeah. and, and, and what has encouraged you when you've seen those times and encouraged you to progress forward when they're seeing so much opposition?
1: One of the most important books in the Old Testament, which most of us have never read, is Habakkuk. Mm -hmm. Martin Luther read it. Mm -hmm. He particularly read uh, Habakkuk Mm -hmm. 2.4, the just shall live by faith. Mm -hmm. The great reformer said, ah, it's faith Mm -hmm. that actually sets me right with God. Mm -hmm. In Habakkuk, uh, he says, though the fig tree doesn't blossom, though there be no cattle in the stall, though there's nothing in the grain yards, there's no evidence of God's blessing, yet will I trust in God. And I think this is what's so remarkable about faith. It says at the end of the day, it isn't a formula where you just have to add water and it always works. If it was that, it wouldn't be faith. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> it That's would true. be evidence. Yep. Um, and Habakkuk reminds us that the very nature of what it means mm. to be a Christian, the just mm. shall live by faith mm. when there's no evidence, when there's counter evidence, when it seems mm. like everything's going wrong, mm. we still trust God. Mm. God's purposes mm. are still true. Mm. God's love for us mm. is still a great love. God's being for us is still a great being.
0: Wow, I love that. Something we say here, you know, is that um, that the, the truth of God trumps the facts of the world and, mm. and, and that really strikes me when you say that, that mm. what, what motivates you is the truth of God on your life and that we will praise God despite the seemingly lack and, and the difference between faith and evidence. I think that's just awesome. Um, Something else we, we, we're encouraging, guys, is you know, that piece of stepping out of that boat and ripping that lid off. And um, um, seeing this world of opportunity and telling people that what they think and do matters, that they're part in the body of Christ, is absolutely essential. Um, so can you, can you help us here in terms of what's it like for you in terms of ripping the lid off and um, continually taking risk? You know, you're, 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 we're, there's not a sense of resting on your laurels and past achievements but the more opportunity to go because um, to me that strikes you why you're alive and why um, an organisation like World Vision continues to thrive mm. is because it's continually taking risk mm. and pivoting. Um, can you flesh that out a little bit for us? Mm. What does is, what is risk and stepping out look for for you personally?
1: Yeah. Um, so? Well in World Vision terms, we talk about marching off the map and saying this, uh, we need to go to every part where there is need, where God's love needs to be heard and this marching off the map is a strong organizational uh, DNA. Um, Look for me (coughs) personally, (coughs) this shift from being a CEO and staying on board. Most people go, CEO's the pinnacle, that's what you aim for. (coughs) After then, see you later. For me, it's actually, Mm. the pinnacle is still doing the will of God, Mm. still having Mm. a sense of call. Mm. And that's what I'm still Mm. doing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love Mm. the transformation work that World Vision does. Mm. Literally the hope for tens, hundreds of thousands of children Mm. given a chance, Mm. who, but for World Vision, Never had a chance. Mm. This is good news. Mm. This is good news. Mm. So um, while I have breath and while I have strength, mm. I'll keep
0: mm. marching off the map. Mm. I love that. Now you're, um, you've published a couple books. One's Faith, Has Hope Been Published? Mm. And Love Is To Come. Yeah. And um, you, know, you mentioned that uh, the publisher and the, the avenues of getting that book out is secular and a term that we say is, you know, that uh, the world doesn't need more Christian books, it needs more books written by Christians. Let's be the thought leaders in all spheres of life. Can you tell us a little bit about your thinking behind that and um, what your hope is for those books?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I have always believed that people who we call secular have deep spiritual longings. They've often found the way the church speaks incomprehensible. It's a language that just hasn't made sense. Yeah. So I've always tried to write in a way that bridges yeah. the spiritual appetites and hunger in them yeah. with something that is gospel but not language of Zion, not coded okay. in ways that go. Oh. Mm. too hard to try. Mm. Mm. It all plugs into a sort of view of God as a divine police agent, Mm. divine enforcement agent wagging his Mm. finger and Mm. Mm. as we all know Mm. the feeling of being judged is Mm. the worst feeling whereas Mm. the good news is we're loved. Mm. God actually loves us. Mm. So I try and write my books in a way Mm. and that's why secular publishers publish my books.
0: And has that drawn criticism from some people in the Christian community?
1: Yeah, yeah, in no, the Christian community, uh, pretty uh, quick to say, if you didn't cross the T and dot the I here, mm-hmm. you, uh, you're you a heretic. Yeah. Uh, but when we look at the history of the church and know that every generation has its Pharisees, Jesus, they were the one. Jesus really didn't have problems with sinners. Mm. Jesus' problems was with the righteous mm. and the Pharisees. Mm. That's, that's often the way.
0: It's interesting when you're saying that. I was just <coughs> on, uh, hearing uh, Eugene Peterson, who, who, who wrote the message paraphrase, and his heart was, when he was reading the Bible, was to go, I just want to word it in a way that the average person on the street could understand it, and not just understand it, but attach to it. Um, and then got to the point going, well, why don't I try and let the Word of God speak that way? Beautiful. And, 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 and quite criticised uh, today mm. as, as well. So um, it's, it's not easy though, isn't it? Because there's, there's, there's this path you're trying to create. And where, where do you see, do you feel that in your efforts to communicate that way that some people are going, well, you're potentially diluting? what is
1: called? What, what would you say? So um, I, I did theology, uh, learned Greek, mm. learned Hebrew. Mm. I realized every translation from the Greek and Hebrew is an interpretation. Mm. Mm. Um, we discovered when we tried to take the gospel to New Guinea the concept of the Lamb of God, mm. sacrificed, made no sense. Mm-hmm. It needed to be the pig of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now That's Mm. a big interpretation, but that's actually what broke through. (laughs) Um, It's always an interpretation. And that's because at the end of the day, it's not a book that is the fundamental thing we hold on to. Mm. It's Jesus. Mm. The book is like the pair of binoculars to look through to see Jesus and the Mm. story. Mm. It's Jesus and his spirit Mm. that actually is the living word Mm. rather than simply Mm. a a literal translation. So <laughs> in my, um, my journey, I just remind people, you know, when Jesus said, a sower went out to sow, mm. a man took a trip from Jerusalem to Jericho. Mm. Were they religious, spiritual stories mm. or were they everyday stories? They're mm. mm-hmm. everyday stories. Mm-hmm. We've turned them into mm-hmm. spiritual, mm-hmm. religious. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's how I approach it.
0: Um, and just a final point, that a lot of the listeners here are um, business people. Mm. They have hopes to be used by God, for God, for His purpose. And um, they might be at this point where they've got these big hopes and dreams but feeling it's so fragile at this point in time. And if you could look down the barrel of the camera and you could speak to that business person and and um, speak life and love to them, what, what would you say to them?
1: So it's the case that all of us are frail humans trying to get by. Knowing that without grace I can't take my next breath. That it is God who sustains this world and me and calls me to realise my potential, the potential he's created in me. For you as business people, naming that potential particularly In the business you're building, is to understand this is a work of God with a very frail person who needs grace. Approach your business with that understanding.
0: Tim Costello, thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing with us. Thank you for impacting to our 100x community. I know that in a year's time, when we're back in Queenstown, there will be stories of change, and that there'll be uh, people be thinking won't even know that they need to thank you because of the ripple effects that's going to happen for your time here. Um, And personally, just say I've been greatly encouraged to get to know you better Mm. and Mm. glad that we're slowly warming up on the group hug thing. (laughs) God bless. bless.